0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to It's Rainmaking Time. This is Kim Greenhouse. Happy New Year. It's such a delight to be doing video today. We have a marvelous guest, a blockbuster. You're going to hear all about him. But before we tell you about our guest, the first thing I want to tell you is that years ago, I went and I had something called a thermogram. And a thermogram is a breast exam. It's actually a breast exam. Technology it's a thermal technology that's used to demonstrate the heat in the body and it uses far infrared and the purpose of it is to show the vascular system changes that are happening in the body and what you can do by doing this is to identify what tumors are in the body what kind of problems are in the body what's happening with the organ systems, if there's any type of intense inflammation like what you're seeing right now, the orange you're seeing in this person's body is representing some inflammation. And this has been around for over 25 years. Now, it's interesting to note that in the United States of America, thermography has still been a well-kept secret. And the ability to detect cancer with it is still barely known by the masses. In fact, it's one of the most effective tools you can use without radiating the body. For some reason in the industry, it's been considered kind of fringe, but it's not. It's so important that the Department of Energy uses it, and even real estate people use it to detect what's going on in a home or a building and where leaks are. So you know if the government's using it, and you know if it's being used in other areas, it's good. So what's happening today and why today is so important is that we are introducing the use of thermography to detect something called the meridian system status, the health and wellness of what you and I refer to and some of you have heard of called qi the life force in the body. It is said that there are 12 different kinds of meridians, and the Chinese based their entire acupuncture and acupressure system based on this science. Now, acupuncture is known in the United States of America and in the world and taken seriously, but it's still not mainstream, and nor is the chi system of the body centralized in understanding our health and wellness. So now what does this have to do with thermography? Well, the man you're gonna meet today uses thermography and thermograms to not just look at the health and wellness of the body the way it's traditionally used, he's looking at the chi system, what's happening with blood flow, what's happening with the energy body that we all live in. Now this is important because this is another diagnostic tool and capability and paradigm to identifying disease. So first, let me tell you about our guest. If I can pronounce his name correctly, I will get a major award in 2014. (laughs) Dr. Shui Yin Lo, God help me, if I didn't pronounce that right, I will receive a letter from China. He received his Bachelor's of Science in Physics from the University of Illinois in 1962. He's uh, served under a Nobel Prize winner named Dr. Nambu, who was a leading figure in particle physics. His academic career spans the globe. He's been a visiting faculty member and lecturer at leading institutions throughout the world, like the California Institute of Technology, the Academy of Science in Beijing, China, the Stanford Accelerator Center. God help us all with that. We hope it's not like Kern or Bern or whatever you call that in Switzerland, that whole accelerator thing. The Institute of Theoretical Physics, and State University of New York, Stony Brook, New York. Now, he is a patent holder of something very powerful called the baser. The baser was invented by him in Australia, and he not only invented it, he's the patent holder on it, and it basically it's a high beam of enlarged particle clusters, thousands of times more powerful than the world's most powerful laser, the Department of Energy, the U.S. Department of Energy, the Office of Technology Development, and Los Alamos Laboratory collaborated in this research. In 2005, the Nobel Prize in Physics was awarded by Roy Glauber at Harvard for the theoretical calculations of optical coherence, the basis of Dr. Lowe's invention of the baser. Also, that you should know that he, ha- he has published over 75 papers, he is the author and owner of over 60 patents in the field of atomic and subatomic particles. I want you to know that when a government or any type of international uh, agency takes away your patent and orders you not to use it, particularly when you're gonna clean up energy, there is something to that. What's of interest to me, and I think to you, the listening audience, is that he's such a heavy person in the area of knowledge and understanding that when we bring the world of the meridian system, when we bring the world of water physics and particle physics, when we bring the world of thermography and we put it all together, we have a new paradigm in understanding what's happening in the body. It is with great pleasure and an honor to welcome our guest today to It's Rainmaking Time,
1: Dr. Shui Yin
0: Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Great pleasure and an honor to have you.
1: Thanks for introducing me. It's like, uh, it's over exaggerated my achievement. I'm, uh, by, <laughs> by nature, a very humble person. I hope you understand that.
0: I do understand you're humble, which is why I have you here and why I think that the work that you're doing should be paid attention to. I first want to acknowledge that you are also the writer of the book The Biophysics Basis for Acupuncture and Health, The Forum on immunopathological diseases and therapeutics that was given at the International Conference of Water and Health, the book on autism and stable water clusters, physics and health, a picture book, and meridians and stable water clusters, physics and health, a picture book. Being an inventor and being a pioneer is a very, very challenging thing because you go up uh, seemingly against many, many people with interests and people that are locked into their own paradigms and understandings of things. You are the founder of Quantum Health Research Institute, and you people can find you at the stablewatercluster.com. What are you doing with the double helix water that you invented? Why are you using it? What is the basis of the science? And if you can answer all these questions in one minute, you get the particle physics award for rainmaking listeners.
1: Well, I'm not sure I could do it in one minute, but I'm let me kidding. try. Okay. I'm kidding. Uh, Don't worry. So basically, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm a theoretical physics by training for 20 years. I'm basically working in the theoretical physics and, and not in health. But... Some, uh, because one, one uh, data experiment done by Professor Bonavide at UCLA demonstrated it has immune ability. So I said I have got to clarify that. I can't just take, uh, take the experimental data uh, as it is. So if we want to actually treat people, so I, I like any theoretical physics, I've, I find out the theoretical basics of the human being, Okay, the medical system. And I choose acupuncture because that's how I know I'm Chinese, so I know that it works for thousands of years. Whether you can explain in modern language is another matter. They can, they're pretty consistent in the ancient language, very logical and appealing to people. And then, of course, there's enormous data, billions of people using and getting well. So that's the data I rely on. And so I use the quantum field theory, which is accurate, and to... To incredible degree of accuracy, that can explain uh, the largest objects, universe and galaxy, as well as the smallest objects, uh, quarks and protons. So it seemed to me pretty obvious it can explain the behavior of human being. No doubt in my mind. So what I do is just connect the dots and say that it works for medical view as well. So I start to write a paper, a uh, book. So I lay out what it should be, and then look for data. So and and so, what I propose as meridium. There's two major um, difficulty in Chinese medicine to be accepted. One is the meridian system, because when they cut people up anatomy, they don't see it. And chi, uh, just like what Kim has said, uh, how do you measure chi? So I figure let's uh, explain it all by stable water cluster that I discovered 19 uh, early 19 1990s and uh, and use that to explain. So in my that book you've just been shown, the first chapter, first session, the title is Meridians are Make Our Stable Water Cluster. So that's my basis. So you have the hypothesis and you derive everything, and I formulate Qi in terms of quantum field theory. So Qi is Qi on, like light like, like is photon, sound is like phonon, so Qi is like uh, Qi on. So basically, then it's rigorously defined and then you can f- eventually find it.
0: I want to I interrupt you for just a moment because while many of us now know what chi is and the chi system is, people don't know what a photon is. Many people who pay attention to physics have a sense of what it is. Please explain what a photon is. Bring us in because not all of us know.
1: Photon is, uh, actually c- uh, consists of dual property, both wave and particle. So people heard about Duality in quantum physics, right? How it, the particle have both wave property and and uh, particle property. They always say physicists are still worried about. It. It's not because the quantum field essentially have the both of their property in it. So that's, that's why we call it photon. So means that duality has been solved, and exactly, and and that has been measured to one part in ten to fourteen, incredible accuracy. So that's how accurate the quantum field theory is. So that's why I no doubt that it can explain human behavior.
0: There are a lot of people that do not believe in the meridian system. There are a lot of people who don't accept it as a basis of indicating our life force and how well we're doing. And because you're, you've are you been an acupuncture teacher, I'd like you to share why, even though the Chinese meridian system has had thousands of years behind it, why is it... Stable. Why is it something to be considered important and universal at looking at disease process?
1: Because in Chinese medicine, uh, meridian is where the disease show up. And if you you make the meridian uh, flow, the energy flow, then the back blockage is uh, gone, and then the blood will flow there, and then we still stimulate self-healing. Self-healing is the most important forces of your body. We have two million years, we have no doctors, right? We still improve. Why? Because we have that ability to, to self-heal ours. It's in our gene. So, and, uh, and uh, Professor Bonwitte actually demonstrated the, the stable water cluster can actually change the gene expression. That's remarkable. That's why we have that Caltech conference early this year.
0: There are a lot of people in the marketplace, and I'm going to be the devil's advocate here for a moment, that are very confused about water science, very uh, concerned that there's a lot of fake science out there when it comes to anything water, because you're dealing with water that's been clinically cleaned. You've got some people out there saying they've changed the physics of water. You've got things that we have thousands of chemicals that are added every day into our traditional water supply. You have Thousands of people now in the water business saying they can clean it, they can spin it, they can vortex it. Some people will fight on behalf of and argue that distilled water is the best thing you can drink to get all the chemicals out of the water. The same people, the other people will say, the physicists will say, some physicists will say, you've killed the water. It's now dead. It has no life force. You're killing the water uh, if you put it through reverse osmosis or if you distill it. Some people say it's basically all the same. Some people say even when you distill the water, you have uh, the VOCs in it, uh, volatile, what is it called? Um, uh, uh, They're volatile chemical compounds basically that are still there from the air. And so in a way you're saying you're solving something through the double helix water that's different. Now talk about the double helix water, and also I want you to respond to what I just brought to you, which is that there's a lot of marketplace confusion. What we should be doing?
1: Well, uh, number one, when I start doing the research on it in 1993, I look up all the data in literature. That's already have big confusion in the physics domain. So, so that's two biggest uh, wrong experiment done is all on water. So I'm very careful, but they. So I do the theoretical physics first. I derive the formula, derive where to look for it, and that's how I'm uh, I'm capable, all right. So of uh, theoretical physics, that's what you do. So I look for where it's going to be found. Otherwise, we never find it because the water is so dirty everywhere, no matter how clean it is. Now, once you find it, then I can make it stronger and bigger, and that's why you just see the double-his wa- uh, shape of this stable water cluster. Then it confirmed all the things I predict. and uh,
0: We so- don't know what that is, so I want you to bring us, but I'm going to bring you back a little <laughs> bit because it's kind of like bringing you at 75,000 feet of knowledge, <laughs> and we're only at 25. So we're going to bring you down a little bit. It's going to seem like molasses a little bit working through this with me to bring it to the audience. But bring it down a little bit. What is a stable water cluster, and then why is it important to form this double
1: helix? What is this? Now uh, let's uh, actually. Now I've done all the theoretical f- work. Of course, no, no, very few people understand it, just like you say. So I said, uh, how I'm going to demonstrate? That's why I choose the thermograph that you mentioned at the beginning of your talk because thermograph is intuitive, obvious. Uh, you don't need uh, uh, any training. I mean, uh, you don't need a, a radiologist to understand it, and uh, the patient itself to understand it. So then the temperature is understood. Uh, and so I show in that book that uh, Kim you to show, Meridium and Stable Water Cluster. We actually show all the meridium in, in lines. In If they have problem in their kidney meridium, it show up at the kidney, okay, blind, and so forth. So then it's obvious. Then it's pretty clear. So, and I use the thermograph, uh, not with breast cancer, because that's what it, it's been traditionally used. I use it con- constantly uh, on uh, employing internal things. See, Chinese medicine say external things in the surface, you see the meridian, but it reflects the internal organs. Suddenly, thermographs is not just uh, the surface uh, problem. It's actually, you have stomach digestive problem, it show up in the meridian, in the, in the, in the stomach meridian, okay, you actually see it here. So, so then it's pretty clear that uh, the meridium has to exist. I said that science. We don't ask people to be, believe anything. Okay, you ask people to believe hydrogen is made of uh, water is made of hydrogen of water. You go to actualize and you see that. So I say if you don't believe meridium, doesn't matter. You go take the camera, infrared camera, and go to to a, a place or and, and show yourself. Everybody will see some red spot or red line. Because none of us are perfect health. If you are perfect health, then you no problem. Okay, then you don't see inflammation. But if you have some problem, uh, then you will see a, a either a, a red line or a acupuncture point. So then it's you, your own self, have those things. And so that's why I take all these pictures. And uh, and it's um, so I don't really need you to believe rhythms exist. You just go to take the picture, just like. You you see anything else, you know, water is made of hydrogen and water. And um, so that's how I use the intuitive, obvious thermograph to demonstrate the system of meridian and the system of chi. Because in 50 minutes, things change. If you drink the WX water, it changes. So so it has to be WX water because we want them um, to see the quick. I also, you know, I don't want to wait... 3 months or uh, 10 years later see effective. I mean I'm a physicist. I want to see the result in 15 minutes, okay? Then I know it work and you know it, I know it, okay? So that's why I wrote, I, I have uh, another book called autism and stable workout. You actually see autistic children improve in 15 minutes. So that's really remarkable.
0: Well, we're going to get to a little bit more about the science. I want to say to the audience that what was very interesting is that many, many months ago we did a piece, I think it was last summer. This man wrote a book on bras and the impact of bras on basically putting so much pressure on the lymphatic system near the breasts that... It stops the circulation and it stops lymph from moving properly in the impact like wired bras and other types of bras have on breast cancer. And what was interesting is I totally agreed with what he was saying that there's an element, there could be an element of causation and not everything causes cancer, but that that is something to seriously look at because that's an abnormal thing that we as women are doing even though it's normal and it's modern and it's expected of us. Well, what was interesting is when I went to Dr. Lowe's office and we did the thermogram, which you're not going to (laughs) see because I'm a little too vain for this. Under my breasts, you could see hot spots, white hot spots. Now, if you saw that thermogram up behind him, you're looking at the color orange. Well, mine was white hot right under both breasts, which actually verifies that the man I did the interview with about bras and cancer, I mean, very few places on my body were as hot as that, which means what, Dr. Lowe?
1: That means uh, it's in trouble, okay? And uh, one possibility that uh, uh, it could be cancer. I always, because women are scared, so I don't say cancer. I say that's abnormality you have to take care of. Now, and uh, I I do extra, I ask them to see the armpit. The armpit is hot. That means the immune system is fighting something. Now, the ninth thing is about if it's not serious, 15 minutes cool down already. Now, if it's more serious, one we want them to be uh, cool cool down in in a week or four months or, or four weeks or something like that. If it doesn't cool down and keep having trouble, I say it's a big problem. Okay, you have okay. You may take a chance, it because it's very sensitive. It May come in ten years, may two years. We don't know. Okay. It's not predicting what you're going to say. But I can tell you, bra, you from now on, you don't wear the wah, bra bra.
0: Well, wah I'm sorry, wah. but for this interview, I'm broad. <laughs> and you're not getting me out of the bra for this interview, but I will improve the bra so that I get a good rating on the thermogram called green, yes. like my last name. But uh, the thing that I was told by my thermographer who just passed away uh, Dr. Bill Coburn, who was such an awesome contribution to the world of thermography, who pioneered a lot of it here in the United States. I want to really give a shout out to Dr. Bill Coburn in heaven. Thank you so much for all of your work. And um, one of the things that he had said to me was that with a traditional thermogram, you can see these hot spots in the vascular system. And you're giving a seven to eight year glimpse. In other words, you could be catching something that won't fully arrive in full manifestation for seven to eight years. So this is an extremely effective tool. And of course, there are full body thermograms. And uh, I just thought it was fascinating that you can see something in advance, which means that you have dominion. You have a way to get at it, to start working at what you need to do and behavior mod in whatever way you need to do it. So the next thing I wanted to ask you is the following. What is the distinction between double helix water and distilled water? What is it? Here's the double helix water, okay, and I don't know if anybody can see it, but what is the difference between what you have made in the laboratory and distilled water?
1: Uh, If you use the cleanest water, that means uh, double distill is not good enough, maybe triple or more, okay. Then it's really clean, then you don't have particle in suspension in the water. Ours do have particle in suspension in the water. Uh, So we actually use a laser counter to count how many of them. We not only know they exist, we actually know how big it is, how many of them. This is actually published in Physics Letter Journal. So if you People argue. Then I say, do they have a referee a peer review physics journal published? Then I tell you, I haven't seen one that has that. Okay, peer review and a journal. That's Physics Letter A is one of the most prestigious journal, one of the two most prestigious journal in the world. And there's several Nobel Prize work was published, first published there. So it's very very a high standard. And I I always try to to uh, To go for the highest standard wherever I go, and uh, I collaborate with the best professor who are willing to work with me, like Professor Bonnivide, and uh, and uh, and and everybody else. Okay, and then that's why we have the Caltech conference. I invite the MD who use it and and knew it work. So because I'm, if I said it worked, it doesn't help. Okay, and besides, uh, it's nice to have a third party. So we have this c- conference. Water and Health Conference held at Caltech.
0: A uh, quick question to you: You know, I've, we've did a piece with Gavin Menzies a couple of years ago, and Dr. Timothy Ball on peer review. And there's a double-edged sword with peer review, and I need to say it because it's important for the people that are aware what goes on in the scientific communities. Sometimes, actually, a lot of times, the dragons that guard the gate are guarding the gate of the peer review process. And sometimes the same people that may okay you for one body of information will block you and stop you and shut you completely out for another. And so even if you didn't have peer review writing, I would still be interested in what you're doing because I understand that when it comes to universities, this process needs an update. It needs to be purified. It needs to be cleaned up. And it needs to be made whole. It's very incomplete in terms of the process. So I understand what you're saying about working with reputable, in, reputable people that are dedicated to science, and I think that's great. But what is the double helix water exactly? So uh,
1: double helix water is having this particle, solid particle. That's the difference. It's a solid. You actually have a, uh, a fourth phase of water that this solid does not melt at room temperature and pressure so it's not like ice. Ice melts at above zero degree. This does not melt. That's number one. And if you let it evaporate, you leave a residue that you can actually see them. And then we, we actually have atomic force micro microscope see them and we also have uh, the most powerful electron microscope also see their existence. So if you're extreme, if they're all very very pure water, you leave no residues. And then if you're a little bit dirty, you get mostly the dirty stuff, not some regular thing like double helix, all right? Double helix shape is really very fascinating, and we see several hundred pictures of it. It's not just one that you just show as an oddity. And
0: So here's my next question. This is going to be a little confronting, but it's not meant to be. When people are pouring the double helix water in distilled water, because the double helix water is considered pure water, Correct. Yes. Okay. And and it's the purest water that we can find. Now, you're talking at the level of chemistry. It's pure in the chemistry level, correct? Yes. Okay. So when you pour the double helix water in it, and it's changing the nature of that distilled water, what is occurring in the mitochondria or the molecular level of that water that we're now ingesting? What is occurring?
1: Well, that is theoretical, okay, because it's very hard to measure anymore because the distilled water that you buy in the in the supermarket is not clean enough, so there's so much dirt in it so that's, I, and you go into there because this particle that we create uh, uh has extremely uh large uh electric dipole, it would polarize the water and make it more of it okay so that's why I generally advise it if you have a chance you put it in the double x water bottle and shake it well, so you get more of the uh, the uh, particles, the solid particles, rather than just put it directly in your mouth. But sometimes it's more convenient to put it directly in the mouth. It works, too.
0: Do you do you believe that the human body is electrical? Like Robert O. Becker said, do you think we're electrical systems?
1: It, it's not a belief. It's a fact, okay? Just like, uh, like everything uh, humans are made up of... Uh, of uh, organs. Organs are made of cells. Cells are made up of molecules. Molecules are made up of atoms. There's nothing in your body which is not made up of atoms and atoms are made up of electric charge. Negative, that's the electron, the positive is the ions. You only have two things, okay, in your body if you analyze it to the to the smallest object we have. Uh going down to the atomic nuclear level. Sometimes we do but that's another matter.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break, and I want to share with you, first of all, our deep appreciation for uh, Robert and Jewel Howers, the founders and owners of the Sterling Hut, for being such incredible sponsors. They have been with us in advertising for several years. If you go to thesterlinghut.com, they have gifts for all of life's occasions. They have crystal and fine silver gifts engraved uh, picture frames, wine glasses, wedding flutes, engraved gifts of all kinds, whether it's a wedding, and anniversary, or uh, Mother and Father's Days, or or people are graduating, young people are graduating from school. They have a, a wonderful business, and they have hundreds and hundreds of products that are really for celebrating life's most important occasions. In a world where we don't really know if the gold is really in Fort Knox, in fact, (laughs) it's never really been verified because we can't verify it. The neat thing about Bob and his wife, Jewel, is that everything in the Sterling Hut has been verified. The silver is real silver. They tell you what percentage of silver it is. And there's no games. And so when you're buying products, you want to really look for reputable people, honorable people, people that are good stewards, people that treat the consumers properly. And it's been an honor and a pleasure to have them sponsor. It's rainmaking time. They sponsored segments in Europe and in the United States for several years. I just really want to honor them and thank them. If you would like to talk with them and order any products by going to the Sterling Hut, tell them that you heard about them through its rainmaking time. Tell them it's rainmaking time. Call them at 888 819 1009 And for those of you that are wondering why am I wearing this necklace? Um, it's a long story, but what I can tell you is I fell in love with this necklace. It's made uh, by an organization that I love and trust called Essential Mother Earth at EssentialMotherEarth.com. And Essential Mother Earth has a lot of very important products for living in today's world, a world in which we are bombarded with electromagnetic frequencies, uh, cellular towers, radiation, uh, Wi-Fi, just a bombardment of this type of radiation, assaulting our bodies, our cellular system, disrupting it, stopping it, making it sick. And one of the reasons I wear this this necklace, and it also comes in a bracelet, both for men and women, is that it has special magnetite and hematite and other types of uh, rare earth elements in there, jewels and things that help the body stabilize and actually protect us from the electromagnetic assault that we're in. If those of you have been listening to the show a long time, you know I'm very serious about my due diligence. I don't just wear anything, use anything, take anything, drink anything, eat anything that I haven't vetted. And it's a really wonderful company. And for those of you women who like this, get it. Um, And uh, you'll be protected pretty much wherever you go. There's a lot of very, very cool products that they have that you'll have to just call the founders and talk to them directly. So go to EssentialMotherEarth.com. And uh, now what I'd like to do is to uh, have you join me now in opening up the Starship Bridge, because what we're going to be doing more is having people call in on the Starship Bridge. And uh, I'd like to know who, is there, who on the bridge may have a question for Dr. Lowe.
2: Uh, I'm Robert Arbin. I am a retired physician and have an interest in this area, and obviously was trained in the enemy camp and have come to <laughs> understand that it's one point of view it does good, but it uh, certainly can't exclude advancements that that increase our understanding and One of the questions Dr. Lowe, that I have obviously water is has many, many faces. And I'm assuming, and you can correct me, that many of these faces are determined by the energy, the type of energy that the water has associated with it. And that energy will then shape the water into different formats. For instance, steam is certainly different than ice. And it's And you can correct me. I think it is primarily dependent upon the energy Incorporated into the water molecule which puts it in those kind of states and with that kind of background Can you clarify for me uh, on a lay term? How the double helix water energy, how you, how you get it in, and how it shapes the, the double helix so that it is a different form of the H2O molecule.
1: I think uh, you're you right. The, the gas form of the water is uh, water vapor has uh, more energy, so it shakes itself away and uh, and can diffuse through the air. Now the liquid has less energy, so it stick together but not enough to make it solid because then you can flow like in the water. Okay, this liquid, <laughs> it flows, okay. Now, the third kind is solid. You take an ice, you shake it, the shape does not change. So it's a square, a cube from your fridge, then it's a cube. Unless it melts, then it becomes water. So now ours is like that. It actually forms in double-rich water. It does not change shape no matter how you work. shake it around. So that's why we call it solid. And uh, and that requires one kind of solid phase of water. Look at carbon. Okay, carbon has a has solid phase. Okay, carbon has many different uh, phases of solid, like the diamond is the most prestigious, right? But it's all made only of carbon. And then the next is charcoal, uh, graphite. They are all only made up of carbon. So th- so you can see the most common material you see is carbon. and many different phases. Of solid. The same with what we are saying, that the water molecules can have different phases solid. And the common one that's relative cheap is the <laughs> distilled water that you, you buy from supermarket. The little bit more expensive one, which I consider is the, the most prestigious one and most important one, is the, the double-higgs water that, that's, that we have. is another form of stable water cluster. And we have many other kinds, actually. It's not just one.
0: Uh, d- sir, did you get your question answered?
2: I have uh, one other question that I'm sure you can enlighten me on. I have read that the uh, the hydrogen oxygen bond angle, as the energy increases towards steam, the angle becomes wider, and as we de- descend toward ice, the angle becomes narrow, and that water is 104.5 degrees and that will vary depending on the energy in that. Is this a uh, kind of a misconception, or does this play in also in the double helix water?
1: Yeah, it's an important parameter, actually. Actually, that's 104 to 108 uh, degrees normally like that. But we cannot measure it. The, the angles cannot be measured. So it's indirect measurements. I would say the, the most, and liquid is very hard to do experiments, so the one of the most uh, important pioneer is uh, uh, Saclay at UC Berkeley. He's really the pioneer in, in, in water. And Can you then, say
0: his name again, who's the pioneer at Berkeley?
1: Saclay, S-A-K-A-L-A-Y. So he's, uh, he's uh, that field is called quantum chemistry. So he measure small clusters that come out from expansion in isolations. Then uh, they have another theoretical physics uh, group in Cambridge. We calculate all this. Then you will see those angles come out from the calculations experimentally. What does is uh, six digit, so incredible infrared wavelength. Okay, so he measures it to great extent. So the theoretical model has to fit that. So those angles will come out from there. Okay, ray And so different size of cluster will have slightly different angle. But what the number of angle you would have is. Uh, Is roughly that and we would love sometime to get him to measure ours and get the Cambridge group at UK to see what's the angle then I can answer you exactly what what that is
0: thank you very much is there anybody else on the Starship bridge right now okay we're good we're gonna return back to the Starship but not the bridge (laughs) how are you Bruce Oh, well, let's fire up a mic. How I'm are you, Bruce? Let I, everybody see you. I
2: am doing wonderfully,
1: thank you. I'd
0: like to acknowledge Bruce Barker, who I've been working with on and off for 10 years, who has, years. I know, 10 years, and we're much younger than we were.
1: Uh,
2: yes. <laughs>
0: you know why? Because uh, we're Helix drinking water. some type of water. I don't know what it is, but it could we could be close to it now, whatever <laughs> we've been drinking. Now, I really want to thank you for all the work that you've done and for so many years and all the shows that you made happen and the difficult start at the Radio Colorado Network. Very difficult start when the Internet, I had to cancel my agreement with them because they had not had uh, a contract that was uh, proper. And uh, and then we ended up online, and at that time online, there were very few people listening. We were just streaming. It was a very tough startup at that time. And and I just want to just thank you so much for all that you've done for its Rainmaking time. And a lot of times you've been there in the background and nobody really knows that you've been there. They are only familiar with Andrew Avong and Andy, who's up in Portland, we want to thank you as well and bring you in and just say hello. And uh, I don't know if we can get you in on a feed, but we want to say hello and tell you, I want to tell you how much I appreciate you and how much what you've done has, uh, how much it means to me. And so much of it's rainmaking time. Really, the whole thing between you and Bruce would never even be out there. So thank you again, Andy. Okay, we're going to, uh, we're going to go back to the show. And... I want to go back to people that may be thinking, listening to this, what is it in the water? I'm coming back to it. It's pure water, but what is it doing in the mitochondria? In other words, what is it doing that when somebody like me goes back and and takes a thermogram, my thermogram looks different? Even the the lines, the hot lines underneath my breasts are not as hot than they were 15 minutes ago. Also, what does this mean for how much double helix water I have to be on and what those protocols are? And are you at the beginning of figuring out those protocols for people, or do you feel like you're far along?
1: Uh, well, uh, I actually rely on the data being reported by M D so far, right? Because MDs are, are physicians out there. they All they want is to get the uh, patient well, right? They do all the things they have, and then they, it's easy for them to... To put a lot more into it, so when I see that they actually can put a lot more, like a thousand times that what we recommend originally, and get incredible results, so I said, "My gosh, I got to this." This is the only time probably theories behind experiment. Okay, I have this experiment, so I, I spent spend several weeks day and night to figure out what the theory of. So I actually have a theory of those large dosage for for uh, for double X water mm. and. Um, and then uh, then I am but that's pretty difficult to explain now to layman but uh, it's uh, <laughs> I venture uh, uh, we have another program probably take half an hour to explain but in practice it's very easy to use actually we have some lay people sitting there and and look at me how I how I ask people to, to do it in four or five sessions they already know how to do it I just uh, very happy with that uh, theory that behind the uh, blood dosage. I, 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 I claim that nobody in both East and West medicine has any theory of dosage. I mean, so say, drug company, they say, you, you just do that, they try out, didn't kill you, so, so this is what it is, and uh, two or three <laughs> times, it might be poisonous. And, uh, but why? They, they are, it's very hard. And so it's Chinese medicine. They say all herb they actually say has some poison in. Okay, but so but it's much lower. Okay, they generally have uh, can tolerate ten time or even more. But why that dosage? You know, when you go to a Chinese market, they give you a prescription, right? And how uh, how much herb you use? But why do they have? It's all, it's empirical. They uh, the Prescription come from thousands of years. Try this out, try that out. But there's no understanding why it should be two grams instead of four grams instead of ten grams or half a gram. So it depends on the experience of physicians. The more experience is, the more precise it is. But you know, but I am I'm a, I'm a I, I don't I don't. I, uh, so I want to say, ordinary, recently graduate, acupunctures should have a uh, as good as. Uh, uh, experience one, so that's why I derive all this. Then become very easy to prescribe, and then they see the changes, and uh, especially in thermographs, in uh, in 15 minutes and also in one week. So generally, I ask them to come back in two weeks or one week to see another difference. Actually, I also have done a lot for next day. So actually, they always uh, change in 15 minutes. How about uh, tomorrow? So I say, come back tomorrow, and then uh, and they would come back and see changes. That always convinces them that this is the correct way to do it, okay? But in, in, uh, in clinic, then generally they don't come back to, to uh, one day, but a week later is okay. So.
0: You say that double helix water in, in one of your books has the 200 year old mystery of homeopathy been solved. You asked the question. Has the 200-year-old mystery of homeopathy been solved? Why do you ask that question?
1: Because uh, homeopathic uh, is defined in U.S. has a strict uh, law uh, way to do it. If it's not strictly abide to the FDA prescription, it's not called homeopathic. So that's why uh, I cannot claim this uh, homeopathic. Uh, homeopathic also uh, uh, many times don't claim they're pure water. It's only wait. Fun. Say that
0: again. Say it, Take a take a slow. Because some of us don't know what it is. Say it one more time for us.
1: So homeop- uh homeopathic has, has two hundred years of history, right? Not as long as Chinese medicine, so two thousand, but it's pretty long, right? It's invented by in Germany, and and he wants to dilute. Suppose there's, it actually have three basic law. The most important is like cures like. That means if you have a, uh, you are sick, so you try out uh, in healthy people. Drink that poison and dilute it, and they produce the same symptom. And then you use that poison to dilute it many, many times, at uh, probably uh, 10 to the minus six more I just check them up. Okay, then, then it's then that cure that poison. Okay, that uh, that you have. Okay, so whatever sickness you have, that similar things that cause that sickness, you dilute and drink it. So it's not totally pure water in the prescription from FDA. So, so it, and, But my claiming is that it's actually pure water, so that's the difference, and but, I prove it.
0: But how does the pure, this is where I'm, I'm lost, and I'm sure if I'm lost, there's a few other people out there that are lost because I don't normally get lost, but I'm a little lost on some of this, and I know you'll clarify it. The 200-year-old mystery of homeopathy. What is being solved? That's not what. That's th- what I'm not clear about. What is being solved?
1: So I think homeopathic has a has the ability to cure disease because it has this uh, stable water class in it. And then, but as long as they don't admit, i mean, in the homeopathic community, or um, uh, allowed by the U.S. government then you cannot be called homeopathic. Then it's not allowed to sell. So that's the... But from scientific viewpoint, I would claim the same thing, but it's only me, okay, from a pure physics viewpoint. So... And then you have to allow the homeopathic community to to say that it's part of the reason. So do you get it?
0: I think I get it. Basically, uh, I think somebody on our Starship Bridge... Let's open up the Starship Bridge. That that guy seemed to have known a lot of things. Uh,
2: appreciate your comments on that, Dr. Lowe. Uh, it appeals to me that allergists unknowingly use this principle in desensitizing people to offending pollens and other things because they take the thing that is creating the problem, dilute it down and give it to the person, and in time, the body stops reacting to it. So I think it's it's kind of a paradox. The very thing they don't like, they do.
1: Well, that's the way they explain it. I wouldn't... That's why I wouldn't explain it that way, okay? Suppose what we have is an, uh, people have allergy, then uh, it's uh, it's certain meridian have trouble, okay? And the cheese is not flowing to the nose. So you just... Uh, Either drink the water or rub the cream there, the allergic uh, actually can be cured. So, so I, I claim that my explanation is uh, is more accurate than their uh, their uh, explanation. But it doesn't exclude their explanation. I just cannot understand them. If I don't understand their explanation, I cannot say. It, all right, that's why I say the mystery is still somehow there. I, I let me give you an example in the conference, all right? That we went to. Okay, that, that's why I say, in order to convince people, you have to convince the professional first. So we went to this trade show. Uh, that I put professional MD may basically attend. So that's this uh, doctor come the first day. She said, "I in New York." He said, "I have this uh, allergy in the nose. It's stuck for t- more than ten years. No matter what I do or what other people do, it's stuck." So I said we take a pictures. Fifteen minutes it changes. I say tomorrow you you come again, so she come again, and then of course change. And then third day I say you come back the third day, and by the time the third day he said the allergy is totally gone. Her nose is uh is clear, so I can pr- pull out those data for you. I mean I have so many data. I I, it's difficult for me to write books after books. You know, <laughs> I, there's only one of me. Okay, <laughs> that's but, for
0: sure, ladies and gentlemen. There's only one of him. <laughs> so let's, let's go back here and uh, I don't want to belabor the point too much about the double helix part but what is the ultimate breakthrough of what you're doing what is it what is the it that this is that you want people to really get
1: so uh, from my viewpoint I think Meridian the existence of Meridian is number one because that shows that a new system a super system that connect all other systems that human uh, uh, the medical science agree with, like the um, immune system, the blood circulatory system, the nervous system. They all agree. But how do you, all these systems work together? If you look at all the books, they don't know. I mean, the, you see this super system, the meridians, actually coordinate all these systems to make us unified. We go, we go to. To do things as a, as a unity. I mean, it's not just our hand goes one way, the neck goes the other way, okay? And the uh, current naive ways uh, thinks everything is determined by brand. And so the brain determines what we say But I always say, no If you are, you are, your blood is full The blood meridian take over He said, I need to go to the toilet And brain, you go <laughs> find the toilet, right? So the brain is obe- obeying the blood the meridian okay? And then, and then another time the, the stomach meridian say, My stomach is empty I want food So go, the brain Find out where the restaurant is So the brain goes to us You can see many anything like that. So it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, naive to say the brain control uh, every other things, and it just depends on the, on the fascination of medical science at this moment because brain is the least understood. That's why, the brain, uh, they, they claim brain do, uh, brain do everything.
0: Okay, can I blow your mind a little? Because <laughs> I'm so impressed with you, and you're just standing so tall. I have to, I have to ask you this question. When you say When you talk about the meridian system, are you also, when you talk about qi, the energy body of our body, are you also including in that the human spirit?
1: Well, uh, I try not to say that because it's uh, controversial. But if you ask it, in Chinese medicine, jing, qi, shen is the same, okay? Jing means the physical energy, basically mostly sexual energy. Qi is the one that we talk about the life force, and uh, and then when you have very strong life force, that's the spirit. So uh, spirit is not separate from qi. It's not separate. It's not a complete separation of mind and body. All these they are all together in Chinese medicine. And 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 I actually give a series of lecture on quantum theory of Spirit also, <laughs> and uh, I I think I lost the people audience <laughs> right away. I didn't understand. There's a the few audience. people here
0: that are on the floor. <laughs> Please get up. Their chi is waning, but their spirit is high. They're just laying down.
1: So my idea of spirit is actually a uh, chi uh, uh, on, all right, in a new way. So it's measurable, it's quantifiable, and in the future it will be, it will be convincing. It would be in a textbook. That's Wait a
0: minute. Go back here now. You can't say that big thing and get away with it. Qigong. We know we've, many of us have heard what Qigong is. I want you to explain what it is, give us the essence of it, and then restate what you said.
1: Well, at the moment, uh, exercise is all we call external qi from Chinese medicine. You move your arm, you move your leg, and, that's, uh, and then you run to exercise your heart. But isn't it better if you exercise your heart? Isn't it better you exercise your lung and uh qigong is internal exercise of the meridian. You actually can move your lung, can move your heart and and that's why you it's more far far more powerful. And I actually create a new new set of qigong called quantum qigong, which is most elementary. All other qigong can build on it and I can teach people in several minutes, you know, uh, some of it and then they can ele- elevate that uh, again. So Qigong suddenly become very doable and as usual I derive a mathematical formula of it. So <laughs> I knew I got it right, okay. <laughs> so you, I don-
0: you say that you have you can quantify Qigong. Is that yes. correct? Yes. What does that mean? On a thermogram, on what? Where are you quantifying it?
1: Actually I work with uh, UCI, well, I'm, uh, a group of business uh, uh, professors there we actually uh, the thermograph you can quantify and then the EEG and uh, and the spec uh, the single photon uh, uh, machines okay and then they all see changes after being treated by external Qi by not me but you know another qigong Gong master uh, and then you can see the difference but the thermograph is nice you actually see it in 15 minutes EEG is uh, nice but it's so complicated you need a Specialist, a professor to interpret, okay, and the spec is even harder. It's a, two, two, a one day later, all right, and then it's and it's very expensive. But luckily, the the doctor are willing to, to uh, to not to charge us. Okay? And the thermograph, on the other hand, is intuitive, obvious, and you can interpret. You don't need a professor to do it.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are at the hour, and it flew by. And I hope that you enjoy this first video that we did. We're <laughs> we're new in the studio here. It's been 10 years since I've done any video or television. So if the lights are a little funny and the visualization looks like you're on LSD and there are funny things coming out of Dr. Lowe's head, it's probably his chi. That's the problem. Bruce, he's laughing over there because God knows how this is going to mix down. It's all his fault. Andy up in Oregon, I don't know what to tell you from the live stream feed. But I first also want to invite all of you to go to It's Rainmaking Time. It's rainmakingtime.com. And go ahead and uh, check out the shows and the archives. Please feel free to comment. It really helps the show grow. For those of you who really love the show and enjoy it, It really means a lot to us that you donate. There's no donation that's too small. It's important that you donate. This is listener-supported. And for those of you who are interested in advertising with us, whether we're mentioning your company and your products or we're actually talking more about your product line, please feel free to call us at 626-398-8652 at The Rainmaking Company. And for those of you who... Uh, would like to know a little more about banner ads and how they work, feel free to call as well, because no matter how many people come into the site a month, they are seeing those banner ads. And there's a lot of confusion in the marketplace about what they really do, if they're really worth it, if they're good. Totally, most of the time, people are basing banner ads based on links, based on clicks. And what I want you to know is that your brand is out there being seen over and over and over again when you go to what's rainmakingtime.com. Whether people are clicking it has to do with the look, what it says, the color, the basic product, etc. And how many times they're there. So, for example, pure vitamin C is one of our advertisers they have they're one of the less than a handful of companies in the whole country that have vitamin C that's actually not from China Dr. Low. don't <laughs> be insulted but uh, the pet market and food market is not what China is known for China is known for healing and many other wonderful things the vitamin C part is actually manufactured here in the United States of America uh, we have other advertisers as well this is just an example but uh And for those of you that want voice advertising that will go both on video, when we do video, and on audio, which also goes to iTunes and YouTube uh, and other types of uh, distribution outlets, we'll do an ad for you as well. We try to do contextual ads, ads that are coherent, that are honest, that are authentic, that communicate your product or your company and what you're up to so that people get it. And the distinction here is that with a voice ad unless there's an offering we don't know who comes to your website. What we do know is that Kim Greenhouse talks about your company and your product and for those who watch Kim Greenhouse it means something. So that's what you need to know. So the whole advertising paradigm is changing drastically because most of a, many more people are online they're on online all day on their tablets, on their iPhones, on their cell phones and on their computers. So we're still in a big change in media. So understand that we need you to participate in where the change is, where the wave is really going and step out in 2014, join us. So we wanna thank Dr. Lowe for joining us today on It's rainmaking Time. I'm really honored that you're here. God yes. bless you and the work that you're doing. And one of the things I love about you is that you're so dedicated to the science part of what you're doing and that you're really like, you remind me in a way, uh, and I mean this in a big complimentary way, you remind me of a child who loves to learn. You're not too old to give up the love of learning. And it means a lot because sometimes as people get older, Their ability to learn and fall in love with learning diminishes and with you it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and I love that about you and that's why you have so much joy in your life too. (laughs) So I just really want to acknowledge you and thank you. And for the audience who would like to find out more about Dr. Lowe's work, please go to stablewatercluster.net. You can find out about the Stable Water Cluster and Quantum Health Research Institute and his work as a physicist and an inventor. And I thank you very much for tuning in. It's rainmaking time.